0: Adam's on Agriculture brought to you by Sinex Premium Diesel. Sinex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn.
1: Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adam's on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network.
0: Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adam's on Agriculture. Thank you so much for joining us as we kick off a new week. Hope you had a good weekend. We kick off a new week with some very promising vaccine news that has uh, everyone excited. The stock markets are up. Hopes are up that uh, maybe we're getting closer to getting – Uh, a real vaccine to battle this virus so that's uh, promising and uh, that's kind of also kind of nice to uh, start off with some positive news and news other than the election but we'll still be talking about the election that's for sure plenty to talk about there also today we're going to talk weather with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson as we wrap up harvest and speaking of the election we'll get some thoughts on the election and where we go from here for agriculture we'll be talking with the president of the National Farmers Union Rob LaRue will be joining us on the program today Today. And a final harvest report, this one from Illinois, David Erickson will join us. He farms uh, near the Quad Cities. We'll get uh, a wrap-up on his harvest coming up on our program today. But let's start things off with Sarah Wyant, editor and president of AgriPulse Communications. Sarah, so good to talk with you. I was thinking about this over the weekend. Uh, as w- it, When you go to a new administration, then you get into that that guessing game of names and who might be filling certain spots it's kind of like the hot stove league in baseball where people are proposing trades and different scenarios so that's underway now and of course the one that in ag circles that many are thinking about who could be the next secretary of agriculture uh the the first name that popped in my mind to consider would be colin peterson but other names of course have come up like heidi heitkamp and uh, some others uh, what are you hearing along those lines
2: well, good morning, Mike, and as you mentioned, this is kind of that guessing season because there is a, a, a transition team that has been announced, one of uh, uh, President-elect Joe Biden's closest advisors is leading that, and there are a lot of familiar names that we know are weighing in, like former Secretary of Agriculture Tom Gilsack, and uh, my good friend. Marshall Matz and Phil Karsting, who was leading up the Biden moral effort, Uh, and then lots of folks who want to be in the game as well. Um, And so one of the things that we'll be watching closely is really who is pushing for who and, and how those folks are able to be influential. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, very, very talented people in agriculture like Colin Peterson, who would be great at anything like Secretary of Agriculture or a special advisor to the White House. Uh, I don't know if he wants it. You know, it's one thing to be a mm-hmm. member of Congress. And then and you remember when Mr. Madigan went from uh congress to the to the secretary's role uh it, it's a much different game and you've got a lot of things to administer so um if colin would want it uh, i think he'd be super uh it's just a matter of whether he wants it and then uh, the other thing i think that we'll be watching is what the president elect wants to see in terms of diversity in his cabinet and so if that is a very really big factor where is he going to add those more diverse candidates? Is it going to be at state? Is it going to be in defense? Or will he look to agriculture? And so then you've got other names, you know, Heidi Heitkamp, uh, Darcy Vetter, Marsha Fudge. Um, you know, Michael Skews is someone who's obviously very close mm-hmm. to the uh, president-elect, but um You know, would he be given a chance as someone who's got a lot of experience in the department? I don't know. So there's a lot of factors at play.
0: Yeah, Michael Skuse uh, has that Delaware connection uh, with uh, Joe Biden for sure. Yeah, so there'll be a lot of candidates. And other key positions that looking at it again from the agriculture standpoint, who will wind up as EPA administrator? Uh, What about, uh, you know, who heads the energy department? Those will be areas that will greatly impact agriculture moving forward.
2: Oh, well, absolutely. You know, we've heard some names out of California that could move into EPA. I think that would be a, a potentially a big change <laughs> for folks in agriculture. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some speculation that the voters rule will be changed as one of the first regulatory rollbacks. But again, a lot remains to be seen. The president-elect is going to have so much on his plate with the pandemic and with looking at all the things that need to be done to stimulate the economy. And let's look at the reality is that there's still a lot of things we don't know in this election. There are uh, races that are still being counted. The um, Iowa district that was uh, formerly held by Dave Loebsack flipped over the weekend with a, a count, uh, went from uh, about 200 and some votes for the Republican to now the Democrat Rita Hart is ahead by 162. So there's a lot of things that are still going to play out over the weeks uh, mm-hmm. to come, and certainly the Senate election is is huge in Georgia now.
0: Yeah, I think all attention will go to Georgia, and control of the Senate rests there with the outcome of those two runoff races. And uh, I mean, it's just a whole different picture. I, I personally, I've always thought. Our government works best when there's, uh, you know, some balance, some checks and balances of power. And history has told us when one party has all the power, that doesn't usually bode well. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I mean, that is very much in play still.
2: It is. You know, I, I'm not quite sure why they haven't called North Carolina yet. us so is up by 170 some thousand. Uh, it is only 97 percent of the vote. But in Alaska, Sullivan has a strong lead. Uh, that's at 56% of the vote, so it looks like there'll be at least 50 uh, GOP Senators, but then it's going to come down to these runoffs in January, and the one thing I can say for certain is that I am glad I am not living in Georgia. Can you imagine the oh. money that's going to be spent wow. there in these runoffs? Uh, so the election won't be over for anybody in that state until early January.
0: Yeah, that, that, that will be amazing. They better brace themselves in, in that state for sure. Uh, you, you mentioned WOTUS. That'll be something to watch. We just get this new rule, and now it that could be, be changed. And I think approach to trade, that's going to be very interesting moving forward.
2: Yeah, I think one could argue that the person who's named to lead the U.S. Trade Representative's Office will be as mm-hmm. important as the Secretary of Agriculture, not yes. more as we become more dependent on trade
0: yeah i think trade rep and epa administrator are the two positions that probably impact agriculture even more than secretary of agriculture
2: yeah going forward as we look at these changes i think you could certainly make that argument because there's going to be a lot that's focused on sustainability and climate change agriculture climate smart agriculture whatever you want to call it Um, we've got a big special project we're unveiling this afternoon on some of the things that you might expect, but how some of these things are defined, how emissions need to be reduced. There are a lot of big questions out there that will be handled by other parts of the cabinet.
0: Yeah, your team has done a great job, and you've really covered these issues well and continue to do so. We encourage people to check out your work at AgriPulse. All right, Sarah, thanks. Always good to talk with you. Appreciate it.
2: You too. Have a good week.
0: Take care. Sarah Wyatt, editor and president of AgriPulse Communications. So some big decisions still ahead, and we will see what happens. Uh, that balance of power in the Senate. That's that's such a that's such a key decision yet to be made, and it'll be made, it looks like, in the state of Georgia. We'll be watching that closely, hearing a lot about that for sure. Weather up next, DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson joins us. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. <laughs> Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Synex Premium Diesel. Synex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around.
1: Adams on Agriculture, conversations with policymakers, the movers and shakers in the ag industry, the pros and cons of issues important to you, cutting through the spin to get to the heart of a topic and giving you the information you need to know. Every weekday, Mike Adams brings you guests important to the ag industry. It's quite simply information farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture.
0: Recently on Adams on Agriculture. Well, let's go over some more numbers from the Purdue CME Group Ag Economy Barometer. Purdue Ag Economist Michael Langmeier joins us with the latest numbers. Michael, thanks for joining us. Looks like they were up again this month.
3: Yes, definitely more optimism in October. And and I think there's at least three things going on here to have continued optimism. First of all, we've seen continued strengthening prices. Prices have slipped a little bit from where they were, but they're still relatively strong compared to what we expected them to be. Certainly this summer, we expected much lower prices, and so that's contributed to the optimism. There's also the CFAP, too. I think those payments are also contributed to the optimism. And I think we continue to get positive trade news. And so I think all of those three things are coming at a head uh, now, along with some pretty good yields, a wide swath of the corn belt, and it's creating some
0: optimism. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture.
4: A cold front can slow the world to a crawl, but with Cenex Premium Diesel, your fleet can power through. Senex Roadmaster XL Seasonally Enhanced comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, optimizing cold weather performance over typical number two diesel. So rather than complaining about the cold, own it with Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around.
5: You may not realize how important three letters can be. For a patient who needs type A, B, or O blood, these letters can mean life. But there simply aren't enough people giving blood. Every two seconds, someone in the U.S. needs it. But only about 3% of the population donates. Without more donors, hospitals may not have the blood needed to save lives. That's why the American Red Cross needs people to help restore the A's, B's, and O's that are depleting each day. When you make your appointment to donate blood at redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types, you can help give strength to kids, parents, and grandparents who face life and death challenges. From cancer patients to accident survivors waiting for critical surgeries, your generosity can give someone more life. Don't wait until the letters A, B, and O are missing from hospital shelves. You are the missing type patient's need. Visit redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to make your donation appointment today.
0: Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Sinex Premium Diesel. With Sinex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape.
1: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams
0: on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And let's talk weather with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Bryce, uh, we've started off November in many places with october-like weather is that going to change here anytime soon
3: it's already changing mike Uh, there's a strong cold front moving through the northern plains here on monday and uh, it's already brought uh, some pretty uh, significant snow some pretty heavy snow in the parts of montana Uh, there's in fact a blizzard warning in uh, far northern montana today Uh, we're seeing rain and snow in uh, the eastern dakotas into western minnesota Uh, So that's going to keep on for, you know, another day or so. And then that cold front is going to continue eastward, uh, moving into the uh, eastern Midwest as we go through the next couple days. And, you know, we talked about this uh, weather change, uh, this pattern change that was going to uh, develop last week. It did, and uh, it's just uh, moving uh, farther eastward as uh, we go through today.
0: So the change is happening now. Much of the Midwest while it's enjoyed good weather for harvest, it's it's dry. Are we going to see some precipitation move through the Midwest?
3: There will be some, and, and I think especially uh, from, uh, from the Missouri Valley uh, here in eastern Nebraska, western Iowa, eastward, uh, there's going to be some moderate to heavy uh, rainfall totals. And uh, it's not going to be real uh, heavy, but uh, we could see rainfall in the range of three-tenths to maybe an inch and a half on the outside, Uh, greatest amounts are going to be in the uh, northern part of that uh, moisture area from Minnesota into the Great Lakes. So maybe the Ohio Valley could get on some of that action as well. So there is going to be some some precipitation out of this. Along with that, it's going to be uh, very windy. And so there's going to be plenty of drying ahead of that rainfall that uh, forms. And uh, that's obviously going to help harvest to uh, finish up when we see the report this afternoon. And what about temperatures? Well, they're going to be all over the place. Um, you know, we'll probably see record highs over the eastern Corn Belt today. And um, this after record high temperatures occurred in much of the plains during the uh, past few days, with it being so, uh, so uh, unseasonably warm, uh, I don't think that the uh, cold front is going to be uh, just a real bitterly cold uh, event, uh, so we're not likely to see the low temperatures, or, or we're not likely to see temperatures in general uh, just turn into a a, a real uh, sharply colder pattern. Uh, but certainly ahead of the front, uh, it's a real um, mild and uh, and uh, record or near record warm uh, type pattern, particularly over the northeastern part of the country. And then into Eastern Canada. That's where these uh, departures from normal have been just, uh, you know, really uh, quite uh, spectacular.
0: Talking with ETM Meteorologist Bryce Anderson. So, where are we with La Nina?
3: Well, at this point, uh, the the La Nina pattern in the Pacific, with the cooler water temperatures and and uh, all of the atmospheric developments, is just kind of uh, at a uh, at a static uh, uh, static measurement. Right now, uh, the uh, atmospheric indication, southern oscillation index has sort of gone back and forth over the last uh, week. And in fact, the, the uh, daily readings uh, were below the La Nina threshold. So it was, you know, kind of quiet on, on, that, uh, on that measurement. Uh, but La Nina is still in effect in the Pacific. It's not like the water has turned warm all of a sudden and uh, the, the uh, prospects are still on track for a, uh, a moderate event as we go through the rest of this calendar year and then uh, go into uh, the new year, 2021.
0: All right, let's uh, look down to South America. What kind of weather are they having?
3: Actually, uh, it's not looking too bad uh, for Brazil and Argentina this week. Uh, Brazil could see rainfall of anywhere from 1 to 4 inches over just a whole lot of their growing area from mato grosso to parana and all the way east uh, to the atlantic coast so this is a uh, a real uh, timely event that they're going to have and uh, the rainfall is going to probably start today continue through this week then uh stay in effect into the middle part of next week so this is uh you know like i said just really uh well-timed uh moisture. Real Grande do Sul could get left out of the picture, but again, uh, the, the uh, large majority of the crop production in Brazil is going to get some kind of uh, rainfall. In Argentina, they could uh, see some moisture as well, and um, it's going to be a little bit varied, but I would say three-tenths to an inch and a half uh, for moisture. Argentina would, could still use more, but they will get uh, some kind of activity, in uh, the next week. Uh, so it's not like the, uh, the uh, faucet is completely turned uh, completely off for the Argentina crop country just yet. Okay,
0: back here in the U.S., uh, when we look at that drought monitor, what stands out to you as we uh, draw to a close here in 2020?
3: The, uh, the, the fact that uh, when you look from uh, the Great Lakes all the way west, there's some kind of drought going on is, uh, to me, a real big development, Mike, and uh, per, and especially then uh, from the, the western rim of the plains, uh, from, uh, say, Lubbock, Texas, uh, north all the way to uh, the Canadian border, and then uh, clear west to the Pacific coast. There's, there's really not much country uh, that is uh, free of a drought problem. And over the next uh, several months, the northwest, the Columbia River Valley, uh, for example, in uh, Oregon and Washington, is likely to get uh, some some benefit in terms of this winter precip pattern. But um, from California east into uh, the the western part of the Midwest, uh, it's still not looking all that great for the winter precip. And I think that that is a an ongoing concern uh, for any for any number of reasons. But if you're going if we're thinking about crop moisture. Uh, the The uh, chances I think are quite high that our uh, crop season next year uh, at least over the western half of the Midwest and then through much of the plains is going to begin on uh, a drier note uh, when we think about soil moisture. And uh, so that's uh, uh, something that I think is uh, is getting a lot of attention and will continue uh, to be an attention uh grabber as we go through the balance of uh, this fall season and then on through the winter
0: yeah i think that's a story to watch because of the size of that area you just talked about how much of the country is is, is dry right now and when when you're this dry now it's hard to it's hard to make that up during the winter isn't it
3: yes yes it is and and um yes uh, the you know crops uh, uh, vegetation is in its dormant phase. We know that, but on the other hand, uh, the winter time is not a a high um, precipitation uh, time period. And uh, with La Nina still likely to be with us through the winter season, uh, the uh, signal for precipitation is strong in the northwest and then in the Ohio Valley, Eastern Great Lakes. But uh, boy, there's a lot of country in between where there's uh, not a a whole lot of promise. Uh, historically, for the wintertime moisture to uh, suddenly uh, cause a real big change in how that uh, overall moisture pattern acts.
0: Well, what is your long-range forecast when we look at winter? What are you
3: expecting? Well, uh, we've uh, we've discussed it before. The uh, you know the Midwest is likely to have uh, below-normal temperatures, especially uh, from uh, central Iowa north uh, to Minnesota and then east. Uh, into the Great Lakes and the Ohio Valley, uh, precipitation uh, has a has a real strong uh, signal for uh, that uh, eastern southeastern Midwest, and and I think that that's likely to happen more in the form of rainfall than anything else. Uh, you get west of that uh, of that kind of standing trough that we could see, and and uh, the the pattern is looking a lot more variable, with generally near to above normal temperatures and near to below normal precipitation. Uh, So are we going to see some snowstorms? Well, yes, we will. But in terms of uh, substantial uh, precip, that uh, looks like a a pretty uh, long stretch at this point to think about for this coming winter.
0: All right, Bryce, always good to talk with you. Thanks
3: a lot. Take care. Thank you, Mike. Great to talk to you also. All right,
0: DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Yeah, we'll be talking... Dry conditions, I think, a lot this winter as we head towards next spring. Well, we're still talking about the election and looking ahead as well. Potential changes in policy, certainly some new faces and some key spots. We're going to go through all that, get some thoughts from the president of the National Farmers Union, Rob LaRue, will join us next. We'll talk about uh, how the election could impact things like waters of the U.S. and the RFS, energy policy moving forward, environmental policies, all those things. We'll get into that next. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Cinex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines.
6: Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. In the grain and oil seed sector, we've got a mix on this Monday. Grain traders switching their focus to Tuesday's WASD report from USDA. The main activity in today's session could be spent getting final positions in ahead of tomorrow's WASD report. Chinese buyers purchasing one hundred twenty three thousand metric tons of U.S. soybeans, according to USDA on Monday. The new sales coincide with soybean prices that are at their highest level since 2016 stock futures and global indexes jumping in the overnight trade is confirmation that Democrat Joe Biden had won the presidency giving investors prospects of reduced uncertainty in the markets livestock at the Merck following the equity markets higher on this Monday for the grain and oil seed sector November soybeans up a penny and three quarters at $11 and a quarter cent January at 1109 up seven December corn steady at 406 and three quarters. March steady at 413 and three quarters. Chicago wheat December down three and a quarter at 598 and three quarters of a cent. Kansas City wheat December down a penny and a quarter at 554 and a quarter. Minneapolis spring wheat December down two at 555 and a quarter. Live cattle futures December contract up $2.10 at 11075, $1, feeder cattle January up $3.62 13955, lean hog futures December up 92 6582, February up 97 at 6805. On Wall Street, the Dow is up 1260 points, December crude oil up $3.85. You're listening to AOA I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network.
7: Do you know how to keep food safe at home? Clean,
1: separate, cook, and chill.
7: The easy lessons of clean, separate, cook, and chill will help you protect your family and be food safe. Let's talk about how to separate. First, use different cutting boards for meat, poultry, seafood, and veggies. Raw meat should never touch food that won't be cooked. Then, always keep raw meat, poultry, seafood, and their juices away from other foods in the shopping cart. And store raw meat, poultry, and seafood in a container or on a plate in the fridge so juices won't drip on other foods. Food safety risks at home are more common than most people think. The USDA is your partner in being food safe.
1: Clean, separate, cook, and chill.
7: For more information, visit befoodsafe.gov or call 1 888 MP Hotline.
0: Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cinex Premium Diesel. Cinex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn.
1: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams.
0: So we start the week off with uh, promising and exciting news on the vaccine front, raising hopes that uh, we're getting much closer to getting that vaccine to uh, deal with this coronavirus that has the stock market going wild today and, as I said, raising a lot of hopes that we're getting closer. We're not there yet, but uh, certainly getting closer. The other big news, of course, is the election. As it looks like we move now to a Biden administration, or get ready for that, but there are still legal challenges being raised by the Trump administration. So we'll continue to watch that. But uh, if indeed we're going to a Biden administration, that brings up a lot of a change. And whenever you have a change in administration, that means uh, new people in 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 key positions and we'll be watching that closely talked about this earlier i kind of liken it to the hot stove league for baseball that time when uh, trades are proposed and different things are bantied about to change the you know different teams and what they what like to do or might players they might get well now we're going into that season with a change of administration with who might fill key spots talked about this earlier with sarah wyatt For agriculture, of course, Secretary of Agriculture will get the uh, most attention. Who might uh, step in there? A long list of candidates, some familiar names, maybe some not so familiar. We'll be looking at that. But I think other key spots to watch, who will be the next trade representative? And what will their position be, especially when it comes to China? We've already seen some stories that China would like to renegotiate the phase one trade deal. What will the Biden administration's position be on that? Um, of course, the energy uh, position—that'll be key. Where we go with climate uh, policy; those are all key areas that will impact agriculture. Let's talk about it with Rob Larue, president of the National Farmers Union. Rob, good to talk with you. Thanks for being with us. Anxious to get your thoughts on this. I was just saying, uh, we have—we'll have these new faces and a new administration in some key spots and uh, they'll have a great impact on the direction of agriculture moving forward. What are your thoughts on that?
8: Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. Uh, There are a lot of questions right now. We don't have that many answers, uh, but uh, we know what the key issues are. Uh, We have a little bit of insight into uh, what President-elect Biden's campaign uh, platform was and, and what direction that might take us on some of the pieces of agriculture. But agriculture in general, I think right now uh, we all share a lot of anxiety about, you know, uh, quite frankly, uh, the future of agriculture, regardless of uh, the administration that was going to get chosen here.
0: Yeah, I mentioned, um, well, let's look at some of these areas like trade. Uh, what will the Biden administration's position be with China? We know what, what we just saw with the Trump administration, the tariffs, and eventually a phase one trade deal. As I mentioned, China's, there have been stories out there they might want to renegotiate that trade deal. That's obviously going to be uh, front and center in, in the trade piece of all this.
8: Yeah, that's right. And I think what you uh, will see is an attempt by uh, President-elect Biden to... Uh, to take a little bit more of a uh, coalition building uh, approach to trade, uh, particularly with uh, with China. There was a lot of criticism uh, of the kind of go it alone approach. Um, I, I do think that uh, Biden recognizes the, the challenges that China represents, uh, but also looks at the damage that the tariffs and the uh, retaliatory tariffs had uh, directly on farmers' uh, uh, bottom line there. So, you know, I think uh, there will be an attempt to try to continue to engage China to address that, but uh, probably uh, by also trying to get our allies, including Canada, Europe, and others, to to help out with China. Uh, it's going to take more than us to uh, to try to bring, uh, quite frankly, the the largest global uh, uh, rule breaker out there, on trade, China, uh, into order.
0: We're talking with Rob LaRue, president of the National Farmers Union. Um, let's take a look at energy because that was such a big issue during the campaign, the fracking issue and, and things like that. And what will, do you think will be the the energy policies, the climate policies of this administra- Biden administration and the changes we could see which would impact uh, biofuels, could impact a lot of areas uh, uh, as agriculture moves forward? Yeah, so,
8: you know, certainly over the last few years, we've had a lot of promises, particularly on biofuels, uh, some of which have come through, and others that never really came to fruition. Um, At the same time, uh, there were a lot of promises being made to the oil industry, and so um, I I think what you will see is an approach that tried to be a little bit clearer there. Uh, Certainly Biden made his uh, uh, support for ethanol and biofuels in general uh, really clear, uh, particularly in Iowa. Uh, but up and down the Midwest, uh, recognizing that it's got to be a key component. Whether we're d- talking about energy policy, quite frankly, uh, he also understands that it is a key player uh, in any kind of climate policy. So I know that there was a lot of rhetoric during the campaign uh, that somehow the Biden administration was going to um, you know, put you know, huge restrictions out there. I-, I think what he is really uh, focused on is a pragmatic approach, uh, one that recognizes that whether we're talking about fracking, uh, whether we're talking about biofuels, whether we're talking about wind, solar, uh, that there are a lot of combinations here that can be good for the economy, can be good for farmers, um, and that at least will be the attempt I think he uh, approaches um, with energy policy in general.
0: Do you think It took four years, basically, for the Trump administration to get a new WOTUS, Waters of the U.S. rule. Do you think we'll see another change now by the Biden administration?
8: Yeah, there's a lot of questions, right, about what kind of regulatory changes we might see here. Um, And it's really, uh, I think, a little uncertain at this point. Um, I I doubt uh, that there will be a push to do dramatic changes on a number of fronts quite frankly, because of the fact that, you know, this was a, uh, you know, while the popular vote uh, was not all that close and the electoral college, you know, looks like it's going to be a, a clear, but we know that the, the country has a lot of different views on this. And so I don't think uh, that the Biden administration is going to be looking for, you know, dramatic changes, uh, even on the regulatory front. That said, as we start talking about uh, climate policy, um, and what that means. Uh, he certainly has said that he wants farmers at the table to be there. Uh, I hope that same approach of making sure that farmers are at the table uh, will continue, even if we're talking about water policy, if we're talking about you know, any kind of environmental policy that's going to affect farmers' ability to do what they do best. Uh, we will be there to hold their feet to the uh, fire and make sure that they keep the promises that farmers need to be involved in those
0: decisions. What about tax policy? How, what do you see coming there? Yeah,
8: well, you know, this is one that, you know, will probably be evolving as well. There was a lot of talk about um, uh, taxes um, on the campaign. I think uh, this is one of those areas, though, that, you know, regardless of the, uh, the policies that Biden was pushing out there, which, you know, it really doesn't affect folks. Uh, uh, a lot of farmers, quite frankly, because of the tax exposure out there for them um and even for individuals out there and couples uh, uh unless you're in a higher tax bracket um it' just really is not gonna the proposals aren't going to have much impact, but I think the bigger point here, just pragmatically from a political point of view, is that it's going to take um the House and the Senate uh coming to agreement first uh before uh the White House can you know get something through. So, you know, I think um, having those balances there uh, will hopefully get us policy that is going to be better um, uh, for the long term here on taxes. I don't expect huge changes just because it's going to take uh, the House and Senate both to, to agree on something. Um, and, you know, while we hope that some bipartisanship returns to D.C., um, I think that uh, that will continue to be a struggle.
0: A lot will depend on those Senate runoff races in Georgia.
8: <laughs> no doubt. Uh, you know, and you know, we could probably spend some time talking about campaign finance reform, too. I mean, we've seen massive amounts of uh, money being spent um, on uh, more local races and so forth around the entire country. And uh, that continues to be uh, the thing. And I, I think we are going to see new records being set. On the amount of money being spent on uh, those two runoff uh, races in in um, Georgia that will um, as you allude to there um, have a dramatic impact on who controls the Senate and ultimately what that means for this White House uh, for getting their policy priorities
0: uh, through Yeah, pretty high stakes there for sure Are you hearing any names for the, who could be the next Ag Secretary?
8: <laughs> uh, there are lots uh, being uh, talked about right uh but you know i've seen uh representative Marsha fudge uh who is from ohio uh certainly uh senator heidi heitkamp
2: uh from north
8: dakota but you know it, it is a voice that gets mentioned a lot um i i think that the biden campaign will be vetting a lot of different names here looking for that right combination um he spent a, a lot a lot of focus on rural America. I'm not sure that the vote turned out there uh, for him, but Biden's focus on rural America and on ag issues through the campaign uh, with uh, uh, former Secretary Vilsack, Camp um, out there, uh, a lot of folks talking about these issues. I see that as a positive sign that they take this position seriously and they want to make sure that it's a, a good fit. So, um, yeah. you know, uh, who has the, uh, Who's leading? I don't know yet.
0: And getting back to the Senate, you you got to be able to get uh, your nominees confirmed. That'll be another big issue we'll be watching as well. Rob, good to talk with you. Thank you very much.
8: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Take care. Rob LaRue, president of the National Farmers Union. When we come back, a wrap-up harvest report from Illinois. Stay with us on AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cinex Premium Diesel. Cinex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around.
7: The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed.
0: My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. Mm -hmm. And uh, she didn't know
7: it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. No
1: word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date?
5: Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together.
1: Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. <laughs>
8: yeah i'm
1: probably okay probably okay isn't okay especially when it comes to drinking and driving if you're drinking call a cab a car or a friend Buzz driving is drunk driving a message brought to you by Nitsa and the ad council
0: as a certified crop specialist with your local fs company i'm trained in agronomy
4: soil types and genetics i'm also completely dedicated to your farm success So I'm more than just a crop specialist. I'm a do-whatever-it-takes specialist.
0: A a walk-a-mile-in-your-boots specialist. A we're-in-this-thing-together
4: specialist. Ready for higher yields with proven brands like FS Envision and FS High Soy? Just ask me how.
0: I've seen a lifetime of farming, and the one thing you can count on
1: is change. So now there's a new inoculant for soybean growers from Lalman Plant Care. The new Rhizobium species and unique technology and LALFIX
9: pro-yield liquid soybean deliver improved nitrogen fixation and iron uptake. I've seen a lot of change. But this, well, this changes
0: everything. Contact your Lalaman sales representative today.
4: A cold front can slow the world to a crawl, but with Cenex Premium Diesel, your fleet can power through. Senex Roadmaster XL Seasonally Enhanced comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, optimizing cold weather performance over typical number two diesel. So rather than complaining about the cold, own it with Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around.
0: recently on Atoms on Agriculture, the US Trade Representative has announced it is suspending $817 million in trade preferences for Thailand because the country has not made sufficient progress providing the US with equitable and reasonable market access for pork product. Let's talk about it with Nick Giordano, Vice President and Council, Global Government Affairs for the National Pork Producers Council. What was Thailand doing or not doing that you objected to?
3: The United States is the biggest pork exporting nation in the world. It's got a product that- it's second to none. And in any given year, we export to over 100 countries. But Thailand is not one of them because they have a de facto ban on our product. It's not right. We were patient. We worked with successive administrations, And diplomatic overtures were rejected. So we had no choice but to work with the Trump administration to threaten to take away Thailand's special trade benefits unless they provide market access for U.S. pork.
0: For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Synex Premium Diesel. With Synex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape.
1: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on
0: Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, throughout the harvest season, we've been talking with farmers in several states, uh, keeping up to date on how things are going in their particular areas. We're kind of circling back to uh, get some wrap-up reports. Uh, Let's go to the state of Illinois up in the Quad Cities area, David Erickson. We've been talking with him throughout. And, uh, David, I'm assuming things are wrapped up. Is that right?
9: Yeah, that's right, Mike. We finished uh, a week ago today with corn harvest, and soybeans had uh, been there um – about 10, 10 days before that, I guess. Mm-hmm. So final numbers, were you happy? Yeah, you know, I am uh, I hate to say it, but I guess I was kind of right. We Our corn crop was um, is a good crop, certainly not a great crop, probably a little below trend line. And actually, um, believe it or not, many people had a little bit lower corn yields depending on their location this year than they did in 2019. Um soybeans um a little less consistent than they were last year, but right about an average uh, soybean crop in our area but of course,
0: being the marketer that you are, you didn't sell anything you held on and then you took advantage of eleven dollar soybeans, right?
9: Well, <laughs> not all eleven though Mike but uh, <laughs> i I will admit that as that soybean market got where we could uh, net above say. Well, so it got into 930, 940 range, which for us means you're netting over nine dollars um, at the terminal market after trucking. That uh, there was sales that were started to be made there, but from what I hear, talking to my uh, fellow farmers, I think sold pretty aggressively when these beans got above ten dollars. I think that uh, we hadn't seen ten dollars for soybeans in a in months and months, and I think people took advantage of it. I expect terminal markets around here, um, which are mostly river markets, to be very busy come late December and January with uh, soybean deliveries. Corn, maybe not quite so much. I think, yes, there are people selling it, but I I don't think they they've uh, aggressively have sold the corn, from what I hear, than they did soybean. Well, the weather is
0: great for harvest, and I know it's also allowed a lot of fall field work to get done. It's still getting done. Uh, how concerned are you about how dry it is as we go into winter?
9: Well, it is dry, Mike, but I don't know that at this point that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, the ground hasn't frozen um, hard yet. Um, even when it does, if we get some moisture on dry ground that's uh, trying to freeze, it it does some good. But uh, we are going to need some moisture. I don't know that we're in uh, dire straits, but we're certainly much drier than what we've been used to the last couple of years uh, in the fall. So uh, at some point, we're going to need some moisture to help do some soil recharge. In fact, you hear a few people talk about uh, anhydrous and, and tillage operations that they're doing this fall, that they wish that uh, they had a little bit more moisture just in the surface layer to to do a better job uh, applying and and getting the toolbars into the ground but uh i think that'll come around i don't think we're desperate yet but certainly something needed on the horizon
0: do you stick to your rotations pretty closely or would you anticipate like maybe moving to more bean acres next year
9: we we stick pretty close to a corn soybean uh, rotation it works great for us on a number of fronts um not only from uh, rotating, you know, pests or rotating crops, which avoid some pests and diseases, uh, but it also helps in uh, the workload. It also helps from an environmental standpoint. You've got uh, fertilizer timing differently for those two crops. Uh, Residue management's a little different for both of those crops. We think it's a system that works very well for us, and and we stick with that 50-50 rotation. And I see that more and more in our area. There's very little... Um, continuous corn, and certainly um, we don't see continuous soybeans ever in our area. Do you see many cover crops in your area? You know, people are trying. Mike, they have tried it from with different levels of success. Last year it got uh, too cold too early, and it didn't go on. This year you mentioned that is one thing that the dry weather has impacted. It's been difficult to get cover crops to get a start on it this fall. And um, I honestly, I think maybe a little less uh, probably trying of the cover crop thing than what there was maybe two years ago, but certainly there's still some people trying it on some selected acres where it makes uh, sense for for nutrient and and, um, and erosion management.
0: Every harvest is an educational process, and you take notes, uh, and – it, it impacts your plans for the next year. What stood out to you as you uh, harvested this year?
9: Um, I think that, um, well, well, two things, I guess, in particular. One of them on the corn side, you know, we've got a lot of traits available uh, in corn seed for different technologies. And I don't know whether the technologies made as much a difference or the planning date and location for where those uh, hybrids were planted this year maybe made as much difference as the technology um also the thing that i think we've been a little less worried about things like standability although we've had some good um you know good challenges on standability late season but expandability standability is going to be another key component for people as they look at corn hybrid selection because certainly um, green snap or tolerance or resistance to green snap is going to be key to some people since we saw so much of that this summer. And then, uh, you know, kind of the, the whole trait world for soybeans has been kind of topsy-turvy. So I expect a lot of people pouring over uh, plot results and their own on-farm results to see uh, what technologies you might use in soybean seed selection.
0: All right, David. Well, thanks for the uh, the wrap-up report, and good to talk with you throughout the year. Before we know it, will be talking about planting time?
9: Yeah, I know, Mike. It, 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 as they say, the older you get, the, the slower the days go and the quicker the years go by, I'm, and finding pretty soon we will be around the corner looking at planting again. Always great to talk All right. to you.
0: All right. Take care, David. Thanks a lot. David Erickson, he's an Illinois farmer, farms near the Quad Cities, as uh, we appreciate him. Um, checking in with us uh, throughout this uh, harvest season well we'll continue tomorrow to look at the uh, potential impact on agriculture changes in ag policy things to watch for new people in new places under a new administration we'll talk more about that tomorrow right here on AOA stay safe everyone